Hello there, welcome to another interesting edition of Sports Africana, where we'll bring you the best of sports um, from an African angle, from an African mm -hmm. eye. Uh, my name is Obadiola Amokomo, and it brings me great pleasure to bring to you our wonderful episode. Today promises to be exciting. As you know, we try to bring the best of sports personalities uh, we talk about issues pertaining to Africa, whether the good ones or the bad ones. And of course, we try to celebrate our past and present heroes. Remember, you can always listen to our podcast on all the various podcast directories, such as Apple, Deezer, Google Podcast, Spotify, and many more. And you can also listen to all our previous and past um, episodes and um, and I'm, I'm very sure you, you'll be glad you did. And remember to always subscribe to our podcast so that whenever a new episode drops, you'll be notified. And please, we appreciate your comments, your feedback, and how we're doing. Right, today we're going to be going down memory lane. Um, I'm going to be bringing, I mean, I know most of the time I talk about football, occasionally basketball, but today I'm going to be going into the world of lawn tennis. And I'm going to be going memory, I'm going to go in memory lane to talk about a past um, former lawn tennis player. He rep she represented Nigeria in the 80s and she was the number one um, Nigerian female tennis player in the 80s and at some point African number one. Um, it brings me great pleasure to introduce to you um, former Nigerian lawn tennis female number one player. Rolake Olagbegi, now known as Rolake Olagbegi Kasim. Good afternoon, good evening. Well, good afternoon, good evening in you. I'm in the UK here, but I'm sure it's in the afternoon day in the States. How are you doing? I'm fine. Good afternoon to everyone. Yeah, it's um nice, it's it's a nice pleasure having you sport Africana. Um, right, um, just take us, uh, just go straight. Can you tell us about the background? Um, not necessarily the long tennis background, we'll come into that much later, but tell us your background, basically, family background, education, and much more. Um, my family background, um, I was born into the family of Walata Rodri uh, from Owa, and uh, have a lot of brothers, and uh, I believe I'm number 95. I call myself old 95 and um, everyone is into sports in my family, not just in tennis. A lot of my sisters uh, used to represent Western State. I've seen the pictures uh, representing Western State in track and field. So tennis is, I mean, sport has always been part of our uh, family heritage. Some played soccer, some play cricket, baseball, um, volleyball, and they've all represented uh, either Western State or Nigeria, Undo State, or your state, Bendel, name it, depending on where you're schooling at. Wow. Okay, mm -hmm. so um, how did you, how did your journey into lawn tennis started? I mean, I was doing a bit of research and um, apparently at some point in time you played volleyball. So how mm -hmm. did you, very bad into lawn tennis, despite the fact that 
um, you know, from a family that played long tennis? If I may go back, I was in, uh, I believe it was in fourth grade. And so my siblings, the first four, they've already got into college. And so it was my turn to uh, learn how to run errands for my mom. So she took me to her house and showed me all the tenants, right? You know, like if you don't meet these tenants, this is where they work at. So you can always collect the rent for me. So meanwhile, we were, I was going with her in Owal. I saw a lot of people going towards St. Catherine's and going towards the Made College. I mean, it, it's, it's more or less like a same street and in Made College um, turns to the right and St. Catherine's goes straight. So a lot of people were just going towards St. Catherine's and I asked my mom as they find out where, where they're going. So my mom asked them, where are you guys going? So they said, St. Catherine's have inter-house sports. So I asked my mom, I said, what's inter-house sports? She said, it's um, a season where all the students in school, they compete within each other. So I asked my mom, I said, can we stop by so I can uh, just see what it's like? And my mom said, yeah. So we trekked and we stopped by and I saw a lot of athletes running on the track. So there was this particular lady, her name is Nike Ademiyi. She did 100 meters, hurdles, this, this, this. From the fourth grade, then I knew I was gonna be in sports. So then I got admitted to Olivet High, Oyo. Then later on, I flung the interview. So St. Catherine's gave me admission. So I went for St. Catherine's. So I was admitted into St. Catherine's. I did uh, hurdles, I did high jump. I did, um, what else did I do? It was not until uh, when I was in form three, then I started volleyball. So I did well in volleyball, was representing the state in volleyball. So when I was in form four, we were in the camp. So my brothers were, they were playing, they were in the camp in tennis. So I was in the camp in volleyball, we finished. So, and I went to tennis in order to join them just to wait for them to finish practicing. So I got one of my brother's racket and I was clowning on the court, blah, blah, blah. So one of my brothers who was uh, the stadium manager, uh, Lee, he looked at me, kept looking at me like, oh, she's not doing too badly. So my cousin, like was visiting from the United States. So he looked at me through the fence and my brother Benley was asking, oh, Raleigh's not doing too badly. And so cousin Layo Green, they said, nah, she doesn't have a talent. And she said, you know, and my other brother said, maybe if she practices more or she spend more time, Layo said, nah, 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 nah. Mm -mm, mm -mm. So when we got home, because we used to live with him. So I he said, and he was encouraging me, you know, you didn't do too badly there. And I said, by the way, I heard you talking to cousin Lai. What did he say? He wasn't gonna let me have it. He said, oh, he said, I said, no, I heard what he said. Um, so within me, I do talk within me a lot. 
100% of the time, I talk within me. I'm an introvert. I talk like 80, 90% within me. And I remember telling myself, like, you know, only God can tell me what I, and what I can do. That was the challenge for me. So I started after volleyball practice, which I was already representing Nigeria. I mean, representing on those states. Then I started coming to tennis. And within a year, I became number one in Ondo State. Just to prove to this cousin, like, uh-uh, you can tell me what, you're not God. And uh, I became number one, and I was still playing volleyball. That was how I started, you know. But initially, I don't want to play tennis because once they see you as one or like they, they automatically think, you play tennis and now I was just trying to be different. No, I'm not gonna play this tennis. And, but initially that was, I switched over. Wow. So within mm -hmm. a year, you became um, the number one, uh, number one female tennis time on those states, which is where you're from. Um, yes. Wow. So how did you uh, eventually break, start representing Nigeria? I mean, how did you get to national notoriety um, representing Nigeria, it was just um, a lot of challenges sometimes. I'm such a child that when you believe in me, I want to prove you right. When you don't believe in me, I just want to prove you right. I so much believe in God. It's only God that can tell me what or what I can do. So I remember my sister and I joking, we play doubles together, and we used to daydream and just say, especially me, I used to think if I can get to the second round, I'm gonna walk like Cecilia Nadozi. There's this, a big sister, you know, Cecilia Nadozi, very stylish, she walks majestically. And I remember saying, if I can only get to second round of all Nigeria, I'll walk like that. Then I started getting to second round and, uh, what motivated me to do more while we were juniors, and then Veronica, Oyibokia, Nosa, the Bendelites, they were intermediates. And, uh, and those girls were already in HSC. So we would look up to them like, okay, you know, we wish, I wish one day I can get to that stage. And uh, it was, I won't mention this particular intermediate. She was practicing with Vero Ibokia. My sister and I said, hello. She just looked at us and said, uh, don't call me by name. You're a junior. So I got home and I said, no, one day I'm going to beat her. And I started practicing. And so it was the way she treated me. And I beat her. And I beat all the inter intermediates like Vero, uh, it was actually Nutad that said it. And she said, you guys are too smart. So when I started beating them, so that was another hurdle for me that I, so, and then my next dream was to see if I can get to the seniors, even though my age was still in junior. And I would admire all this big sister, no, um, um, Esther Onyekwelu, uh, um, Cecilia Nadoze, Joyce Onyekwelu, and Abimiku. 
I will admire them. I mean, those girls are classy, big aunties, and they, they've all gotten first or second degree. So I've always wanted to dream about, okay, maybe one day, maybe one day. And I started working hard. As a junior, I came, still a junior in my age, I ended up becoming number one in the nation. So I was able to represent junior, intermediate, and seniors. So yeah, that's how it came to be. Okay, and I mean, you participated in a lot of, um, I was checking, um, you participated in a lot of um, competitions, right? Uh, like, like the Okada Tennis Championship, Ogbe Tennis Competition, the Lagos Tennis Classics. Um, then I think Lord Drummond, you played in Lord Drummond, or that was for men, if I'm right. That was for men. Yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm mixing yeah. But you participated in a lot of um, competitions in Nigeria. Then how did you eventually move to um, the States? And I was in, uh, I was in, we just, no, my, my first time I came to visit the United States, we went class five, we went from five. And so on those state was sending, uh, we were about to prepare for the sport festival. So on those they chose some potential athletes that they know that they can always get a good medals from. So they sent us to South Carolina in the US and I was still in form five. So when we got here, I put it into tournaments. And so I won some tournaments and still in Form 5, I was able to have nine scholarships already. So by the time I went home to do my school sir, no, I've already done my school sir, I was still waiting for the results. So I got nine scholarships um, waiting for me. And that was it. So I still came back home, represented uh, Ondo State, we won. And uh, I knew I was gonna come back, but Papa don't want me to come back. <laughs> so, yeah. Great, and talking about, um, you know, the, your, long your long tennis career. Mm -hmm. Well, it's said that you're one of the first few African female professionals. You played mm -hmm. professionally. Um, can you talk us through that? And secondly, how you, how come you never get to play in the major Grand Slams, um, like Wimbledon, uh, the US Open, Australia Open, French Open? How come yeah, you never level? My, um, I think my highest was uh, in the US was Virginia Slims, which is the, pre-Grand Slams. And in Nigeria, I played all the ATP. I won the ATP in uh, Benin. Uh, I think Kaduna Kleko was an ATP, I won. Um, all the ATPs that were in Nigeria, you know, I played them, but I, I believe that I won too. Um, the major reason why I didn't go that far, uh, I graduated actually, <laughs> May 17th and, uh, and I turned pro the same day. And the reason I didn't go that far was there was no fund. And I felt like um, it was basically because of no fund. 
And uh, I did apply to some banks, to some companies. Uh, everyone was was uh, promising, but it wasn't. Then I was doing it out of my pocket, which was really working for me. Um, a lot of my friends on the circuit, there was a lot of uh, pressure on them by companies telling them that, uh, listen, we'll sponsor you, but you have to give us 60% of your uh, earnings. Or they put some kind of stipulations, which was a big stress on them. So I wasn't going to go through that. Mine was to come back home to Atlanta and practice with my brothers. And then those, my brothers were my practice partners. And so then I had 12 brothers in Atlanta, but now I have uh, what, 30 of them, 30 brothers in Atlanta, they're my practice partners. So um, it was because of fun, basically, so. So talking about funds, what, how, what does it take to be able to prepare or to get to play such grand slam so i'm now i'm being i'm being educated now that it takes more than just being good for you to play in those grand slams mm -hmm. so what does it entail to get into those grand slams money hard work oh uh, yeah hard work is 90 percent and then but you could be in shape if you don't have the fund you're constantly thinking about, okay, if I win this round, how am I gonna pay my hotel bills? How am I gonna get to the same next level? Um, those were the things that I thought about and I didn't fool myself. I'll probably go to a tournament once in three months and I'll, I'll make sure I do good instead of going weekly. So you have to have a sponsor and I hope Nigeria will change right now. Um, when you sponsor someone, you're actually advertising your company, you're, adver you're advertising yourself, but I don't think our people believe in that. Uh, Nigeria have a lot of talent, especially the ball boys who became tennis players. Man, those guys are smart, good players, nice players, but when they get to the United States, they're still in form, they're still in shape, but there are no funds for them to play uh, tournaments. And um, that's, that's the big issue. Right. So, because I'm um, talking about that then, so what you insinuate or what you're invariably saying is that um, someone like Onduka Udiza, who I'm sure you probably know very well, mm -hmm. um, because he played in the Grand Slams, and mm -hmm. I think he got to the fourth round of Wimbledon, Right. So you're saying that what enabled him to get that far was there was some financial support behind that. And the, the big daddies then were, I believe for him were, and I'm not going to speak for him, but then the caliber of uh, tennis fans that were the Lagos Lawn. You know, like Lord Romance, Elijah Digimon. Um, we lost Elijah TT this time last year. Um, the NLTA members, um, those ones love, they love sports. And then uh, the caliber of company managers who are members of the Lagos Lawn Tennis Club, like the Beeries, 
the members, uh, I mean, the, the, the beauty workers, managers, CEOs, they are members of Lagos One. Then you can easily talk to them and they can sponsor a tournament here and there. But lately, there's nothing like that. And then around the 80s and 90s, there's barely a month that we don't have a tournament. We just go from state to state to state to state. And so, but now the players are complaining bitterly about it, but now they, they're all in shape, but there are no tournaments. Right. right. Not enough tournaments. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with you with the fact that there are not enough tournaments. Um, I know the Lagos State mm -hmm. just, um, well, not recently, but in recent years, um, started the Lagos mm -hmm. Opens, which as um, is gathering a lot of momentum at the moment. And I think they're trying to increase mm -hmm. rating within um, the ITTF. So again, you, you mentioned yeah. something, you said all the ATPs in Lagos, I mean, Nigeria, you play them. So which means Nigeria had ATP recognized competitions that attract foreigners. That's, right. that, that's what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Right. Right, interesting. So you represent Nigeria at the All African Games. We had the Ogbe Hat Court, we had the Okada, we have Kano Play Court, that's ATP. We had Kaduna, we had the, I forgot the one we played in. Those are ATP. Over the Lagos, Lagos, Lagos Opens or Lagos Classics? Lagos Classics. I don't know if it was ATP. Okay. But I remember we had four or five in a year. In Nigeria. That we had all the foreigners, yes, Russians, Americans, British coming. And while we were young, we always see them. Right. And did you play any ATPs in outside of Nigeria? Yes. Right. Okay. And you played for Nigeria at the All African Games. And how was the, yes. what was the feeling like? And I think you won the gold medal um, at the long tennis female. Um, how was the feeling like? That was in Kenya, if I remember. Like I told you, I've always been motivated when you don't believe in me. We went there, I went there just to go there. I didn't know, um, how far it was gonna be, but uh, there was a reporter who came to the coach and asked the coach that brought us that, uh, so what do you think about Nigerian team? So how coach said, well, I have hope with the man, but I don't think nothing about the ladies. So when I got to the dormitory, I look at myself like, how can a coach say that about a team? That was where the war started. Then um, I wasn't, when I went there, it was just, okay. I made the Nigerian team, it wasn't. So I went from first round to second round to third round. And the night of uh, the semifinals, I ate shrimp. And I didn't realize I was allergic to shrimp. And so I was taken to the hospital to, uh, yeah, I was in hospital 
And my teammates were like, no, we've already gotten uh we've already gotten a bronze medal. That's good enough. And I told myself, no. So the a night before the finals, Elijah Dejuma went with me and uh to the emergency. And he said, that's enough. I said, Daddy, I want to play. So they took out the IV from me and, and I went. But uh, I think God was the one that played there on that day because I ran out of uh, fluid. I was dehydrated too, besides being allergic. So I was really, really, really tired. I was drained because the semifinals went three sets and it was like a hundred plus degrees. So the, with the finals, I was just counting uh, uh, my favorite verse in the Bible. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And a lot of do's, a lot of this. So it was the fact that the coach didn't believe in the females. That was what motivated me to actually work hard and, and, and play. That's all. That's all. Right. And what was the rivalry like between yourself and, now you've already mentioned it, at the beginning of the conversation, we, the likes of um, Nosai Mafedon, Veronica Oyebukia. You, you, those are the three, um, you are the um, top three um, female tennis players in the 80s. Um, what was the rivalry like for you then? Was it like you no. proved your point or you think that um, it was a case of um, a cat and mouse scenario? No, there was no rivalry because uh, in my family, when you're one day older, you have to give respect. I met them in tennis. Um, they were high in tennis. I just came from the back. So I've always respected them. Uh, it wasn't a rivalry. It was just uh, they're older than I am. So what's the rivalry about? No. Um, but one thing about me, it's when I'm on the court, that has always been my strategy. When Even when I play my sister, my doubles partner, I've always looked at my, my partner as the enemy for that one hour or two sets. So when I'm on the tennis court, I blank. You're about to beat me. I'm about to beat, so I'm not friendly on the court. But I mean, like, I'm not friendly. I don't look at it like I'm related to you. It's like- You're there for business. Well, like again, uh -huh. I'm there for business. Then once the, once the match is over, it's back to business, being friendly. Um, that's it. I'll talk before getting onto the court. But the moment it says, love, love, it's, it's, it's all business. That's it for me. So there was never any rivalry. And whenever I go to Lagos, especially at the country club, um, Vero knows I'm there, she'll come and we'll talk about female tennis. You know, she's, I'm, I'm calling her Vero right now, but she's still my big sister. She will always get my respect anytime, any day. And um, I learn from them, I learn by just watching them. Yes. Right, talking about tennis development, um, it's like most other things, it's sort of gone under the decline um, with our talented tennis players who never live to the potential, probably because the, there's no enabling environment. And I know you 
went back in recent time to sort of help um, coach some kids in Ondo State where you come from. What do you think is the main problem with lawn tennis development? It's been said in some courses that, well, when you compare lawn tennis to probably football, it's more of an elitist sport compared to football you know, or athletics. But what do you think about lawn tennis development in Nigeria? I think um, it's a sport slash interest in equality. Nigerians have always loved soccer, right? But at the same time, it's not only soccer that brings Nigerians name in the globe. So I think the sport administrators need to look into all the sports that got us there in the Olympics. That includes tennis, uh, boxing, uh, track and field. You know, give them equal opportunity. You never can tell. So instead of uh, who always love a soccer, number one sport in Nigeria, but I think um, a, a sport administrators needs to give um, other interest to other sports. I was inspired by a lot of people. Um, my friend Boyd, my brothers, uh, most especially um, Mr. Shitelu the Arena. Oh, you mean um, well, well, late Ayo Shitelu? How did he, what role did he play? Here, I know he's a very, I mean, he was a well-known um, lawn tennis um, enthusiast, um, yes. you know, while he was alive. And so how did they inspire you? What were the things that they did that sort of inspired you? Afghani were made him to have interest in uh, my sister and I. Yeah. But I remember that he would always come out at the stadium, National Stadium and just work with us like the whole day. And um, then it got to a point, uh, my sister didn't like it. I didn't like it either, but I didn't have the guts to say, listen, I don't like tennis because he will come as early as like 10 o'clock on Saturday. We will still be at the stadium by 7 p.m. just hitting thousands and thousands of balls. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that, that's great. It's always good to have such inspiration. And um, when you were... um, and then Tuesdays and Thursdays, my friend boy would take me to uh, one of the clubs and just work on my serve. Um, it, it's just basically a few people. And then while at the Lagos lawn, I'll practice with the ball pickers. I don't want to call them ball boys. Yes, they're great players. You know, some of them will practice with me with no shoes on, but they can play. Well, you're right. I mean, that's where um, the great Onduka Odizo started from. It was a ball boy and uh, it later went to, to, to greater heights. So what would you say uh, or were your greatest attributes as a lawn tennis player? Was it your serves or was it your hard hits? What were your strongest attributes as a lawn tennis player? I believe, I don't know about now, 
But then I, I was the only servant volunteer because I watch all the men do it. And I asked my big brothers, when I said my big brothers, tennis players. And, uh, and I called them and I said, listen, I want to serve in Raleigh. And I didn't particularly like um, the way that women would just push and love and moon the ball. It, it, was, it wasn't interesting to me. So I would end up asking the men, I said, listen, how do I make my strokes very powerful? And they said, just hit it. And I was like, I'm hitting it, but it's not. So I try to emulate them. And then there was a time I asked them, I said, how do I make my uh, strokes so um, offensive? And I remember asking, I've forgotten which one of my big brothers, I, I don't know if it's, uh, uh, who was it? The person wasn't an all like big. He was uh, playing for Nigeria and I asked him, I said, why is your ball looping? I didn't know that was called spin. And I said, how do I make my ball look? And he said, you go there and just do this. And so while practicing with the ball boys, I'll just try to do that. And so before you know it, my balls were coming in without knowing what I was doing. Wow. It seems that you must have put a lot of effort into getting to where you were at the time. And talking about um, you know, playing with your brothers, I, well, I gathered that um, you used to whoop a lot of uh, men and um, you ended up uh, making, well, I don't know, make, make, making a fun or making a mess of them. Can you tell us much more about that? <laughs> um, my practice sessions has always been with men. When I moved to the US, I had uh, 12 brothers in Atlanta. Now we are like 36 altogether. But then I have 12 brothers. And uh, I also have some bro my friend's brothers who are like six, eight of them. So I was never short of practice partners. I could practice with like four in a day, different types of, they're always available. And, and they don't mind practicing with me, you know, so. Well, of course they would mind the fact that you keep on whipping them every now and then. They wouldn't, they would, they would yeah. mind. <laughs> I, I remember meeting uh, one of my brother's friends uh, Dr. What's his name now? Um, he's from Benin. He's never heard of me. So he came from Chicago to spend the weekend with my brothers. <laughs> and so my brothers spoke to me, you know, and they said, hold the racket like, like an amateur. So they told him, yeah, they told him, they said, we can make our baby sister beat you. And the guy pulled out $10,000 cash and said, your sister will not have one. And so I held the racket like, at the middle of the racket like, I don't know what I was doing. So this guy said he gave me five zero up. Oh. That all I did is to win one. I beat him the first set. Then he said three ahead. I beat him the second set. Then he said zero, zero. I beat him the third set. And that was in front of his parents. And so later on, they started laughing. He was embarrassed. They later told him that's African number one. So he was like, for real? Why is it, you know? And, um, but 
after that, that was still, that's still uh, preventing from practicing with me. So, and I appreciate that. Wow. So um, talking about um, African um, number one, how did you um, get to become African number one? And what was your ranking in the world circuit? I can't believe what it was again, but I remember that my doubles ranking was better than my singles. Um, the last one I played, um, Mary Pierce was my doubles partner at the Virginia Slims. And that year she became number one, I believe. Uh, she needed a doubles partner, I needed a doubles partner. Uh, and plus, I, you know, I understood French then. So we met in, uh, in, uh, in Houston and we just played doubles together. But we were defeated by Katrina Adams and her partner right there. So, but if you're, if you're the, that kind of a player who has been invited to Virginia Slims, you, you know you're a little bit good up there. Wow. So, well, Mary Pierce is one of the top 10 players um, back in the in the 80s. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and they played in the 90s as well too. So it's a well-known um, name, wow. So mm -hmm. a lot of people that may not have known that um, Nigeria's Rolake or Lagbegi played alongside um, Mary Perez. So now you're knowing, you're mm -hmm. hearing that uh, for the first time. And um, while you were in the, the United States, um, how were you able to juggle studies together with um, lawn tennis? Particularly, I want to believe you're playing at a professional level at the time. Um, while in college, I joined the track and field team, especially the men's team. And no matter what they do, I do it. If the men ran 10 miles, you know, I ran 10 miles with track and field. So that's the plus. And then in the evening time, uh, Monday through Friday, we practice four hours. If we have tournament, then we'll come back like around 12 midnight or 2 a.m. and just practice. And then um, I was on the men's team because I always practice with the men. And so I played number four on the men's team. So whenever um, the men have a a tough team coming against them, then I will represent the men in, oh, let, in let me, the team. Let me get this right. You're actually yeah. part of the men's team. Yes. What, were they, was it the case of they were shot off very good male tennis team? I mean, why couldn't you represent the female team? Um, I do practice with them. And then uh, it was permitted too. Okay. No matter who you bring, I don't know if it's still permitted right now. So there wasn't anything against it. And so uh, on the men's team, I was playing number four. So whenever they need me, um, I play. At the same time, during trials, I still practice with the ladies. I mean, I don't practice with the ladies team. During trials, I switch over and play my spot, which is number one. Mm. Right. And so I was playing, I was playing for the women and also on the men's team. 
which made my game um, a little bit better than the girls on the team. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And did you set any college records whilst you were while you were studying or while you were playing for the team? I was undefeated in my conference the whole time I was in college. And overall, uh, both in my conference and now, I think I was 41-1. I was discussing it with my college coach. He's in Louisiana. We were talking about it last week. So overall, I lost one, but in my conference, I was undefeated the whole time. Okay. And who would you say now? I mean, you mentioned Mary Pierce earlier on. Mm -hmm. um, who would you say um, was the highest ranked female tennis star you played against? Who would I remember? Oh, um, Leslie Allen came to Nigeria. And by that time, we just getting out of high school. And then um, her coach, um, the first woman to, uh, the first woman to win the Wimbledon, um, who's this lady's name? Um, Oh, bless her heart. Um, why am I forgetting her name now? Remember Arthur Ash won in the main? She was the one that won in the women. Um, first lady to win in the Wimbledon, you said? Yes. First black women to win the Wimbledon. Um, first black lady. Okay. Um, she passed on. Why would I? Uh, Anthea Gibson. Okay. Anthea Gibson was, was like the, an idol. She partnered uh, Leslie and they came to Benin and uh, they played against myself and my sister. They beat us so badly, so badly. <laughs> yeah, that was, I'm proud to say I played against her, you know. So. Anthea Gibson. Yes. Wow. She's late now. Yeah. Wow. But that wasn't the, the year I won the OB, that, that, that I won the ATP. That was the uh, previous years. She came to Nigeria like five, six times. And, and each time I, I was fortunate to play with, against her. Mm. Yeah. She didn't play singles, but she played doubles. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so who would you say, um, were your favorite person while playing on the circuit as a um, professional uh, lawn tennis player? Zina Garrison. Zina. When I came on circuit, she was the one that came to me, that approached me. She was like, have we met? And I said, no. And I joked. And I was like, listen, you know, I was wearing braids. And uh, so many white women, they were seeing me for the first time. Some people would say, that's, that's Dina Garrison, that's Dina Garrison. And there was another thing that I copied from her while growing up. Um, Zina would point to the ball before she hits the ball. And so while growing up, I'll point to the ball. So a lot of people were just and being black, they think I was. And I had to remind them, no, I'm not Zina. 
So Zena came to me and said, as women, I said, no, I'm just, so she laughed and introduced herself and introduced her husband. And she was very supportive. And then um, when I lost my coach, my Atlanta coach, uh, she was fortunate to come. Another person was Katrina. Katrina was very nice the whole time, even after she retires. She, she used to live in Atlanta. Those, those were the best two people I won't forget. And of course, uh, Mary, you know, we only saw each other a few short time and nice person. That's, that's, that's Mary Pierce. Yeah, those are the ones I could remember. Okay, and um, are you still in contact with um, some of your fellow Nigerian players, both male and female? I mean, I, I yeah. remember growing up, um, I remember Tony Moore, um, <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember, Professor, he's now a professor, Sadiq Abdullahi. And, yeah. um, Veronica Oyibokea, Nosa Mafidon, you know, and many others. Um, so are you still in touch no. with any of them or? Oh, these are my big sisters and my big brothers. Unfortunately, Nosa passed on in really? Italy three years ago. Um, I still saw Veronica in uh, two years ago at the country club. Um, Tony Moore lives about five minutes from me. You know, my family was visiting his family for a cookout two days ago. Odisa um, sent me a text two days ago. Sadiq's wife was in town last Saturday. These are my big brothers, so I get in touch with all of them. Wow. So uh, That's interesting. So what would you say um, is your outlook on life generally? Particularly outside tennis. of um, tennis. Tennis. I know God is real. Um, I know to treat everyone the way I want to be treated. Be kind. Be nice. Um, love your neighbor and just leave the rest to to God. Uh, I'm a simple person, so. And outside of lawn tennis, what else? What do you do? I love to exercise. I love to dance. I dance every day. Personally, I dance, just dance, name it. That's my hobby. I love to dance. I'll read. I can read three, four books in a, in a week. I hate to be bored. But I'm a simple person. You Probably know? can't um, explain your, 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 your still youngish look. No, I laugh a lot. Um, you surround yourself with uh, positive people. I hate drama. I don't like people fighting. I love to laugh. Okay. And um, I'm at the midst of my brothers a lot because we tease each other, we joke, and we don't mean anything. No matter what we say, it's all about laughter. And so, but. I have a simple life, so. So, um, and, then, and then whenever I meet anyone, I just assume uh, the person is another or like Biggie. Well, just until, like, just until like they prove otherwise. That's the way I receive people. Like, okay, that's my family. Until they prove otherwise, then you know. 
Mm, okay, so there is the there is that side of you that nobody wants to know, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm I'm a person that um, I don't grudge. If you do anything that I'll let you know, I may not speak, but you always get the action quietly, silently. So that's it. I'm simple. And um, if you're to look at your tennis career, mm -hmm. um, what would you like to be thankful? Who would you like to be thankful to? And what would you like to be thankful for? God. I've always looked at me as a, a blessed person. Um, I'm blessed, not in terms of who my dad is, but I've, I've always been highly favored. Um, if I'm playing, you see a ball picker being on my side, you know, Raleigh do these ball pickers. Um, I've had... Um, uh, reporters, they will tell me, Rolake, go work on your sabo. Some will speak Igbo to me. Some will speak Asa, Rolake, that volleyball. They're still going to turn around and interview me. So they'll take my side and tell me, work on these. And so I count them as my brothers. Um, I'm blessed to, to have my family, my friends. Uh, people never judge me. If I'm ready to practice, they'll practice with me regardless. I'm thankful to um, my dad who gave me that racket. I didn't want to play. And in a way, I'm thankful to that cousin who didn't believe in me, you know? Mm. And uh, so I always put something to myself that I believe I can always do things through Christ. Um, that's the way I look at life. And Lagos Lantanese members, no matter how fully booked the courts are, there's always room for me. Uh, or in any tennis club, they'll provide a place for me to play. People who have practiced with me, people who have been there. Um, my brother Steve, I remember the first time I ever played against um, Mrs. Second. I thought that was it for the tournament. And I went to him at the Lagos one. I said, Brother Steve, I said, I'm meeting Mrs. Second. And, he's, and Brother Steve said, Brother Steve is Brother Bayo Lagibi. And he said, What? And he told me, he said, Don't come here, you, you know, losing. And I said, I said, She's the national coach. And she said, So, and he said, So what? So my brother was sitting on my side and told me, Return every ball. And that was my basics up to today. I make sure I return one more ball in uh, against my opponent and that will win the tournament for you. If you put in one more ball in, then your opponent, you're gonna win that point, right? Right. Yeah. And so. how long did your um, professional career span for? How long did you play for professionally? It, it was it, it wasn't more than six or seven years. Really? Um, I don't know. I don't think it was more than it was more. I played more in Africa, in Nigeria, local tournaments, money tournaments. Um, I didn't want to put any kind of pressure on me. 
especially after my first degree, I was doing it for fun. And, and now I remember another friend of mine is uh, Dr. Owen Yayi. He will make me run in the rain. Rain, sunshine, we will run in thunderstorm. He's always there. I still had him last week as a, like a personal trainer. None of them ever um, charged me. And then my late coach, uh, my 12 brothers came to me. The first time, my, my, the first week I was in Atlanta, my 12 brothers came, took me to a tennis court and I was practicing with them. And there's this man called Scott Peterson. He looked at me and he kept looking. So he called my brother Koya and he said, who is that girl? So Koya told him and said, that's our sister who just came from Nigeria. And the man said, can I coach her? And, and they all gathered together and said, okay, you can feed us some balls. And so the man fed me balls for like two hours and he called my brother. He said, listen, she doesn't have to pay nothing for life. <laughs> and so I was used as a, a pointer in recruiting people for him. And uh, yeah, bless his soul, he's late right now. So, wow, and so I was cool. the first one in, in his academy, Peterson uh, School of Tennis, to uh, go pro. Since then, we've had over 20, 30 kids, wow. black, who have gone to the academy. And uh, so I'm grateful to him and I'm grateful to his family. So. Well, for someone that played for six years professionally, um, you are still African number one. When those, well, the period that you played, um, quite impressive. Well, that, uh, that rounds it up. Um, thanks for joining us. Um, really appreciate your time. And uh, hopefully um, we would um, get someone, would um, be able to produce someone in Nigeria again that would um, dominate um, the law tennis scene. It's not as... Um, is back when you were playing um it's not um taken seriously that much but it's gradually coming up and, um, we we pray so and uh we're asking for sponsors and we're asking for especially girls we're we're asking for girls who are really really hungry who wants to who wants to work really hard if you work hard um you, you, you have the chance of making it. You just have to be ready to work hard. Tennis is not a game whereby you want to practice today, you don't want to practice tomorrow. You have to give it all. Mm -hmm. And lately, you have to do tracking, I mean, track like a full time sport just to support your tennis. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much once again. It's been a pleasure having you. Thank you.